Will Deeth imports toys from China, selling them online and at pop-up stores in local shopping centres. Nothing unusual there. It's not unusual for Will to make tens of thousands of dollars in a week. (laughs) What is unusual is he's 15 years old. Before we get stuck into episode 396 of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, the marketing gold is made possible thanks to Prosper and Design Crowd. Design Crowd is the world's number one custom design marketplace where, with access to 550,000 designers, wow, that's a lot of designers, you'll get the perfect design every time. And you can get $100 off your brief over at designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo. And we're also made possible thanks to Prosper, which is Australia's number one online lender to small business. You can quickly apply online for loans up to 250 grand, get a fast decision, and in most cases receive the funding in under 24 hours. Give them a buzz. Tell them Timbo sent you. 1300 882 867. Welcome to a small business marketing show Where successful small business owners share their souls To take your marketing straight to the lead Now here's your host, Mr. Timbo And welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner Ready? to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. Big show today, team. 15-year-old toy importer Will Deeth takes us behind the scenes of his burgeoning toy importing empire. It's a great story. Great story. Very early in the making too. I'll show you how to get more people clicking on your website when you appear in Google's search results. I help a listener get noticed in an industry dominated by one big brand. One big brand that's actually been on this show previously. Don't tell them. And we go back into the vault, revisiting a chat I had with one of Australia's leading product demonstrators. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. speaker for your next conference recommend timbo to your event organizer or better still book him tim reed that's reid.com.au righto let's see what this button does what have you got to lose Yes, indeedly doodly. It's time for one simple yet effective marketing idea that you can implement today or tonight or immediately. One that's not going to cost you a fortune, might just generate you more awareness, more inquiry and ultimately more sales. I call today's idea the match your headline with your page title SEO (laughs) Hackeroony. Short, nice brief title. Have you ever searched for something on Google, clicked a link only to find that what you're looking for isn't there? What did you do? You most likely hit the back button never to return to that website. Due to our short attention span, we don't look through everything on the website, which causes an increase in your bounce rate. If your information isn't highlighted, the bounce rate is the percentage of people that quickly leave your website upon arriving, and you want it to be low. To help lower your bounce rate, make sure that the main headline on your page matches your page title, which is the blue copy that appears in the first line of a search result. You've got around 60 characters to play with. This gives the visitor confidence that the information or item they are getting from you matches their search query. So here's my three steps to making your website less bouncy. Step one. Get clear on what each and every page of your website is set up to do and make sure the headline spells it out. For example, I recently did a podcast episode with Richard Stubbs on how to conduct a world-class interview for your content marketing. That was the headline at the top of the page and the exact same words appear in the page title. Step two, 
ensure the page title for each and every page matches your headline. If your headline is more than 60 characters long, that's cool. Just make sure the first 60 characters match your page title. And step three, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, then don't ignore this idea. It's important. Simply hand it on to your search engine optimization specialist or web developer. And here's the pro tip. If you're not sure what the best headline and page title should be, then use Headline Analyzer. It's a free tool designed to write headlines that improve your search rankings and website traffic. That's my three steps to making your web page less bouncy. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 396 where you'll find a link to this post plus some additional resources to bring this idea to life, including an article, it's a great article, by Moz's Rand Fishkin on the importance of page titles and a link to purchase a signed copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect, that promises to get you in a positive marketing mindset. So, what have you got? You and I will be meeting some amazing business owners and marketers over the coming weeks. Sisters Joe and Lucy from Homewares brand Hunting for George explain how content marketing has been an absolute game changer for their brand's success. And we have a local area marketing discussion with the guys behind those community notice boards you see in shopping centres. Yes, they are a real business, my first question to them, and are quite a big business these days. But right now, a big thank you to past guest and long-time listener Phil Lay of Retail Global for introducing us to 15-year-old toy importer Will Deeth. It's a great story. At the age of 11, Will decided he wanted to purchase his first house by the time he was 18. At the age of 13, he had the opportunity to go to China with his mum and with $900 of his own hard-earned cash. How did he get that at the age of 15? At the age of 13, he made his first wholesale purchase of toys. That Christmas, he did a pop-up shop and made 10 grand in a week. He has since followed that up with multiple trips to China to reinvest his money and in Christmas 2016, at the ripe old age of 15, he made 70 grand. (laughs) Will continues to sell his goods online as well as offline and has a pop-up shop this Christmas as well. I started off by asking him if he'd bought his dream house yet. No, so we're preparing to buy it early next year, so just as soon as this financial year finishes. Yeah. Um, just because of bank <laughs> reasons. Um, yeah, because this business has only been running for, well, this is the first financial year this business has been running for. Ah. Yeah. So it's less, it's less to do with your age and more to do with the age of the business, the fact that they won't lend you the money. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah. Love it, mate. Hey, what's a what's a house of a 15-year-old young man uh, going to include? I'm, I'm guessing a massive, massive man cave and cinema room. Well, I, I wish. That would be amazing. <laughs> We'd also have to have a pool. Um, but this first one um, is going to be in this, in an investment property. And so with this one, I'm probably going to buy a property that I'll then be able to knock down and turn into a... <laughs> triplex or fourplex. <laughs> I love it, Will. I love the fact that you said the first one, you know? <laughs> Genius, mate. Good on you. I mean, I'm, I'm inspired already. I'm really excited by this. So let's let's wind the years back because at the ripe old age of 15, which you are now, you're two years into running your toy importing business. How did this all start? So this all started... Um, I guess with mum. So she started, um, she was selling online um, and reasons came to reasons. She realised that she wasn't going to be making enough money buying from wholesalers and she wasn't buying enough, she wasn't making enough markup to become a profitable business. And so she decided to branch out and found China. Now, after a few years of going to China and building up our team slowly, um, uh, she got a good team, um, and so additionally to that, whenever so I've got a brother and a sister, mm-hmm. and so whenever any of us turned thirteen, mum would try and take us somewhere extraordinary to get us out of the 
regular lifestyle for a kid. Other than just like going to good go to schools, get good grades, to go to university. So my opportunity when I was thirteen was that I was able to go to China. Now I'd saved up about nine hundred dollars when I went to China, um, and when I was there, um, because of minimum order quantity, um, I wanted to get. There was just three products that I wanted to get. Mum had to pitch in fourteen hundred dollars, which is a lot for a for thirteen year old at the time. Um, and so I got all those products. Mum was the first one I paid back. Um, and so with those products, I then took them to some local markets. Um, and so I did markets. And I was making about 500 to $600 a day. Um, off of that, we were very excited. It was the most mum had ever done at a market before. And she thought it was amazing. Um, and one of our friends actually recommended that we should then try doing a pop-up shop. Okay, well, hold your horses, my friend. There is. <laughs> I'm sitting there listening to you go. Wow, there are so many questions. So, you, you, uh, Mum's already in the importing business. She's got some some kind of uh, partnerships over in China. You've watched from a distance at the ripe old age of ten, eleven, twelve, and come thirteen, uh, she says, "Righto, your your turn to choose where we want to where you want to go." You've gone, well, I want to go to China. See, Will, if it was me, I would have wanted to go to California and ride the roller coasters. <laughs> spend, spend all my money, come back broke. You go to China because you have in mind right there and then the idea of hmm. sourcing some toys and bringing them back yeah. and starting your first business? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Love it. China's a big place. You know, I've spoken to people who go to China and you hear some horrific stories too of, you know, people mm. buying things and the boxes arriving back in Australia full of bricks, you know, heavy boxes but full of bricks. Um, mm. So you obviously had some contacts over there? Yeah, so when Mum first went over, there was one person that she knew in Australia that had a contact in China and she started with them. But obviously they had dollar signs in their eyes and they wanted to rip mum off as much as possible. And so this continues. She she found, um, like almost, most trips, she had a brand new team because the previous person would rip her off. Um, like I was there once and um, we were with a lady um, on another team before this one um, that we have at the moment, which is our permanent team for now, which should be because they're the most amazing people. And we were looking in a catalogue and asked her how did much... You, did the you say they're was. the most lazy people? No, the most, they're the most amazing people. Oh, the most amazing, right, OK. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and with this this old um, this slide that we used to use, yeah. um, we asked her how much a product was. Um, we asked how much a product was, and she added on about another $20, $50 per item. Yeah, right. Which would just be just for her. So you've got you've got to have your wits about you, right? Tell me, um, yeah. uh, tell me about that moment, Will, when you spotted the first item that you were going to import back to Australia. Well, there wasn't exactly one specific item that I saw that I wanted because for anyone that's been to China, um, there's it's ridiculous how many items there are. Right. Um, I guess I went over there with. No, I, I knew I wanted to spend my money and bring back products, but I didn't have a great idea in mind of what that was going to be. Mum um, had already done some research to make sure that I wasn't going to waste all my money. Um, and, yeah, I just bought, uh, I think it was like, I just bought three toys that I thought were fun, that I thought were good, because I knew that if I liked them, because um, my market at the time, or it still is, is around about, like, the teenage boys. So I thought that if me, being a teenage boy, liked a product, then other teenage boys would most likely like it. That kind of um, makes sense, Marketing 101. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just found products that I thought would be cool and amazing, like quadcopters. There was one little toy. Um, we called it a clubby hand. It was sort of like a little trampoline in your hand. Um, and just little things like that that made it um, fun and entertaining. So I guess it wasn't necessarily the one product that we found um, yeah, in that one right. moment, but it was... So you spend your 900... Hey, what's your dog's name? 
Um, so, I, so, please, in the background, I've got two. One's called Toby. Yeah. Put him inside because he's not meant to be barking. Yeah. <laughs> um, one's called Toby. Um, he's a little, um, like, poodle. Yeah. Um, and then I've got another staffy called Missy. Right. Sounds like the staffy would eat the poodle, but uh, uh, that's great. Nice and quiet now. I think they, I think they wanted to be part of the interview. Hey, um, so you spend your nine hundred and fifty bucks. You come back with a uh, box load of toys. You sell them at the market, and uh, that very first Christmas. Correct me if I'm wrong. As you said, you made ten grand in one week. Was that right? Yes. <laughs> so those products that I brought back, yeah, I sold them in the one week and made ten thousand dollars. How'd that feel? It was it was an amazing feeling, and it was definitely worthwhile all the long hours doing it. You could be you could fall into the trap of going, well, this business thing's really easy, which maybe it is for you. But did, did you or did you work with your mum to kind of keep a lid on the excitement and maintain um, some sensibilities? So I did work with my mum to do it um, with the hard work. I think one of the days I was there for 12 hours straight selling products, mm-hmm. which almost killed me. Um, but I've also never spent money. The only thing that I spent money off of that pop-up shop, I think it might have been the pop-up shop afterwards, was I got a gaming computer because that was the one thing that I really wanted. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I've learned to have a good value for money and to try and reinvest all my money. What's your, what's, your view on, what's your view on money, Will? I reckon it, it can be easy to get depending on your methods and depending on your value of easy. And depending on your methods, um, like I, I think it's a waste to spend money um, on simple product, like on simple things for yourself, although you do need to have something in it for you, so you still need to be able to buy things for yourself. That makes sense. So, so you've got your ten grand less expenses. You've gone. This is pretty good. Uh, we better go and buy some more toys. Is that what you did? <laughs> yeah. So I took that ten thousand um, uh, dollars turnover, and I reinvested it. And off of that, I managed to get about a twenty foot container full of goods, full of more toys. <laughs> um, and I got them, and I booked another pop up shop at a slightly bigger um, shopping centre, um, and so that one was for four weeks. So did you go? Um, did now, you did you go back? Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you so often because there's just so many. It's 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 exciting, buddy. You know, like you're talking to an old man here, and uh, I think this thing's wonderful. So I just need to understand what you did there. So did you go back to China, or did you have a contact that you could then now shop uh, via their online a wholesale store? So we did, yeah. I did go back to China. Okay. Um, I think I found. I think we were there for. Well, we were there to do with my import. Oh yeah. Well yeah. We we went back. Um, and while we were there, we got a few more products. Um, and that was I think thirty different products. Thirty. Which was like crazy compared to the previous three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. Um, yeah, so twenty twenty back. foot twenty foot shipping container. You bring them back. You you, you said you open up a pop up store because uh, w- now that's interesting in itself. What did you go to a a shopping centre and talk to management or a real estate agent and ask was there any distressed stores around the place? How did you find a pop up store? So it was the same thing that we did the first time. So I think um, if people in America don't know what it is, it's like a kiosk in a mall. Um, so what it was is we went, this is the same with the first time, so we went to our local mall uh. and we asked the centre management, so the management of that shopping centre, if we could have a pop-up shop there. Um, and they said yes. Um, we contacted them, like we emailed them, um, talking about the prices um, and to like the location of where we wanted to go. Um, we definitely wanted to be near... Um, like escalators, because we knew that there would be a lot of traffic going up and down there, um, close to food um, locations, um, because, once again, there would be a lot of people, a lot more traffic. Um, and we also did it at Christmas time, because we knew that there would be, once again, a lot more traffic going to the shopping centres. And so we tried to get the best time possible so we could get the most value out of it. What that cost you? Um, I think the first year it was about $3,000 for the shop um, for that week, 
Although we find that it's, um, that included um, a lot of other expenses, such as um, insurance, um, some banners, um, like professional banners, to have on some big black boxes, which is a bit of another story, um, at the shopping centre. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that another story? Oh, um, uh, when you're running the pop-up shop, um, they can supply you, or they usually supply you with big black boxes for storage, and so... <sighs> They always try and have you. They would. They recommend to have these signs on the front of it, so that makes your yeah, gotcha. shop look nicer. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So this is in Christmas 2016, like almost a year ago, correct? Yes. Yeah, so that the second one was last year. Righto. So uh, let us know how much did you earn this time around? So the second time in four weeks, I made seventy thousand dollars. Or wow. just under seventy thousand dollars in turnover. Yep. Which was awesome, amazing, outstanding. <laughs> um, and a little bit of a funny story, if you don't mind me sharing. Go um, mate. <laughs> was for the first two weeks of it, I was actually really sick, and so because I didn't want to be sharing my, I think I was like a cold um, around to everyone because you're constantly shaking hands, painting products, um, and all of that. I had to hire my sister to work there for me. <laughs> And can I say that was one of the first times I had ever experienced outsourcing, and it was amazing, can I say? It was, like, completely revolutionized my world. <laughs> and so what I did was I hired my sister. And after it, what was funny was that mum walked into my sister's bedroom, and she said, okay, um, Tiffany, um, here you go. Uh, where do you want me to put the couple of thousand dollars that you were actually your wages? Because I had to pay her. Um, And so Tiff said, you know, bank account, um, something like that. And then mum walked into my bedroom and said, okay, where do you want to put the, um, like, the $50,000, $60,000 left over after the second pop-up shop? And Tiff jumped out of bed and ran in and started saying, why did Will get that much? I was the one working. And, yeah. Uh, I love it. So did that motivate, uh, what's your sister's name? Tiffany. Did that motivate Tiffany to then... Did she have a business at this point or not? Um, she did, um, selling jewellery. But this Christmas, her and my brother um, are both selling... Uh, they've both got their own pop-up shop. Is that Tiffany barking so... in the background? <laughs> no, that's the next-door neighbour's dog. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so sorry, Ed. So now Tiffany and your brother, uh, uh, they've got pop-up stores this Christmas. Yeah, so we're all selling the same products, um, although we've got a competition to see who can make the most money. How interesting. <laughs> so uh, all selling the same products, three different stores? Um, yep. Three so, different um, locations? So my sister's actually on the level below me. <laughs> um, so two of them are at the same shopping centre, um, but my brother is at the first shopping centre that I had my, pop, my first pop-up shop at. And will why the same products? Is that is that just because it was easy that you go you go and buy a whole bunch of products and just split it between the three businesses, or because they just go you've, your brother and your sister have gone well? We'll just do what Will's doing. He seems to know. He seems to get it right. <laughs> um, yeah. So we knew. Um, so I guess why are we getting the same product is because we know that toys work. We know that people want to buy them. Um, and that there's a fascination for them. We know they'll sell. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that's what I was just... What, what about, are you, are you pricing the same? Yes. So there's an agreement <laughs> is there. Is it, you cannot, you've looked Tiff in the eye and said, Tiff, you know that uh, you know that Hulk grip fist that we're going to be selling? I'm looking at your website. You've got one of those. Um, <laughs> don't sell it for less than I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, funny enough is that Tiffany actually wants to sell one of the products for more than what I'm selling it for and what I recommend is for her to sell it at. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that'll be an interesting kind of case study So, and quite a bit of competition there. Is there a prize for the winner? Um, more money. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, probably just bragging rights at this point in time. <laughs> Love it. Love it. What have you learned mm. so far, Will? Into, what have you um, learned about business? So far in business, I've learned, I guess, it can be difficult to start off. It can be, or it can be 
business itself is difficult. Um, if you fall into bad habit or trap, um, or maybe um, you do your business slightly wrong, um, like um, like uh, say you want to put your business in one aspect, but then you find that a lot of the clients that you're targeting it towards slightly prefer something else. So after a while, I find that sometimes you can go down the wrong like rabbit hole in a way. And so it can be difficult to get out. Um, so it's always good to try and stay on track. Um, has that, yeah, has that happened to you where you have been targeting the wrong customer and sold nothing? Um, not in pop-up shops wise, but our second business, um, we're starting to try and market it towards people that can, um, it can benefit more. What do you mean by, what's your second business? Um, so after that second pop-up shop, we had a lot of people asking us how and like how I did my business, how I managed to do oh, it okay. at such a young age. And so we set up a business where we were teaching how to import it, how to import from China. Um, we made that going um, better. We started advertising it. Um, although we found that we're targeting it more towards um, casual, everyday people, how mum started off. Because we, well, we did like it. We, mum loves being able to see. Oh, and so, so do I. We like to be able to see people start off from nothing and be able to help them make a successful business so that they can get out of their jobs um, and do what they love doing and be able to sell something. That's now the, the, we want to be able to. That that business, which is uh, called I Will Import, correct? It's sort of like a coaching business. Is that something yeah. that you're particularly passionate about, or is that something your your mum's moving into and away from the day to day of importing? Oh, it's I, I'm very passionate about it. Um, this it's what got me started. But if we didn't have that, because mum used to do it, we rebranded it, we changed it, we made it better. Um, and so that's sort of what got me into the business. And if we hadn't done that then I wouldn't have been able to go to China. Um, and I love being able to travel. I like being able to help people. I like being able to teach other people what they can do and how they can get started um, and grow. And so I'm very passionate about I will import and, yeah. Fair enough. We are talking to Will Deeth, who is a 15-year-old toy importer out of Brisbane. He's on his way to buying his first house. Will, I want to talk to you about mindset. Now, you left school uh, midway through this year and you're now homeschooling, correct? Yeah. How's that going? It's going great. Um, the method that I found is if I spend two or three hours a day on schoolwork um, and don't take any days off apart from weekends, then I can easily get through all of my schoolwork um, on time. Do you and still so, enjoy the schoolwork? Um, I I much prefer to regular school in the way that I've got a lot more time. I can actually travel a lot more and make a lot more out of my time. Um, maybe the only thing, the only disadvantage is possibly the social aspect, but there's still events um, and everything where everyone gets to catch up. Um, and I guess the only, once again, it comes back to time. So I do like doing it. I'd much prefer it. Although it comes back to yeah, so it comes back to time, and so I'm still not having enough time personally to be able to spend on the business. I want to be able to say travel for six months, um, promoting my importing business, um, or I would like to be able to um, yeah, travel around the world to be able to do different things, run the business from there, <laughs> travel a lot more. Who wouldn't? Without. <laughs> well, that'll come, buddy. That'll come, yeah. no doubt. Uh, you, uh, I imagine there'd be a, a number of people who said to you and your mum, you know what, this is just a silly idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, definitely. Like um, who? Not, don't need to name names, but like <laughs> any significant um, people? Uh, yeah, um, they were significant in my, like, um, in places like my previous school, um, one of the teachers in particular always told me that I shouldn't try and do my own business. Um, I shouldn't try and buy my first house. I should go to university, get a regular job oh, because wow. none of this is going to be making me money. Even after my second pop-up shop and making all that money, um, they were still telling me um, uh, it won't do anything. I won't be able to get anywhere. Um, and yes, yeah, so I guess 
it's sort of having to ignore them. Um, I've tried to get away from them. I've tried to push myself away. Um, one of the other reasons why I've gone to homeschooling, um, and it's it's been good being able to now put myself around more more like-minded people, um, more business-minded people, um, because I'm sure everyone knows what it can be like, um, like even family-wise. Mm. Um, not many people on in our family um, know much about the business because they don't want to know about the business. And so it can sometimes be hard to share stuff. Like, um, say, if somebody made 100000 like with this new group that we've found, um, which I'll talk about in a second. Yeah. Um, like um, some of them have been making like hundred thousand dollars a month, a million dollars a month, and so it'd be hard for them to go to someone that doesn't really understand it and just have a casual conversation about it without it sounding like you're both yeah. in a way. So what what you found is that you are now surrounding yourself with like-minded people. There's a great quote, and I can't remember. Who said it? It might be from that Stephen Covey book, uh, the, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Don't know, but basically we, each of us, are the sum of the five people that we hang around with the most. So, you know, if, if you're hanging around with that level of people who are, are motivated around their businesses, are doing good numbers in their businesses, then that that can't do anything but, but pull you up to their level. Yeah. And you're finding that? Definitely. Um, yeah, it's the best thing I've found, being able to talk about other people. Um, we just, yeah, with the new group, once again, um, they have, I'm sure everyone's heard of it, um, uh, Mindstorm, sorry, um, no. uh, Mastermind. Yeah. Um, so they've come up with this definition in a way that when two people get together and start sharing information and talking, it sort of creates a third mind called a mastermind. Yes. Because, like, um, just say like if you're going through a business if you just keep looking at different things one of you might pick up something that the other one might not have noticed um and likewise the other way back and little things like that so just being able to mastermind with other people and to be able to share information knowledge help them and at the same time they can help you it's just great and one of the best ways i've found to grow my business so is this group that you found a local group uh, out of brisbane will or is it an online group (laughs) Um, I, I wish it was out of prison. Ah, uh, it's like um, online. Time zone-wise. Zone um, but they're actually in um, America. And so it is an online group in a way that we have online. We can call them online. Um, we have online videos and all of that. Um, but at the same time, there's also catch-ups where we all get to catch up, um, like you said, um, create a mastermind and look into the businesses. So this one particular person... Um, his name is Trey Llewellyn. Um, he managed to create $20 million in 90 days selling one product, which was a flashlight, which is outstanding and amazing and completely blows my mind how he did it. And so now he's teaching other people how to do that. What have, so you, what have you learned? I, I, I completely dislike and love this guy already. Um, what, what, what was his name? Trevor. What have you learned? Um, Trey Llewellyn. Trey. What, what, what have you what what have you learned from him? What's the number one lesson you've learned from someone who's made twenty million bucks in ninety days selling a torch? <laughs> <laughs> um, if it's not the method that he did it, so um, using a website called ClickFunnels, then it would definitely have to be oh, so much stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess one of the things because there's not just just pausing thing. on that. Tell me about the so much stuff. What just went through your head then? Uh, um, like, um, he went this morning, um, he's helping us with our importing business. So he's looked into it and said, um, this is, like, uh, he says he's got lots of ideas for it. Um, he said, you're doing this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. This is how you can change it to benefit you guys and to be able to help you guys. He doesn't show us necessarily how to do it. So, like, most of the time he doesn't show us how to do it and say, this is what you do, do it here, do it here. But he tells you where to look out for things so that we can still do it. Um, and we just had, we got back from his workshop, I think. I think his workshop was two weeks ago or something like that. And while we were there, he just shared so many invaluable tips. Like, um, one is that, did you know that the NASA rockets, when they take off from Earth, they make 
8,000 little minor adjustments because if one of those was off, then it would miss the moon. Like if it's going to the moon, then it would miss the moon by, I think, two miles. Mm -hmm. And so if in our businesses, we constantly have to make these little minor adjustments, um, but only make them a little week one at a time. Don't try and change it by like 50 at a time. And like just to see if, like if you shoot two rockets, but you're not sure if it's one number or another number, or say like um, a heading on a website's wrong. If you change that and tweak it, then yeah. you might hit the moon or you might be off. Gotcha. It's, I guess little things like that um, or... Um, I, I like that. So the, the lesson there is constantly tweaking because I think a lot of people listening, a lot of business owners listening may well get the website done and then leave it and not change a headline or they may well go with an email marketing campaign in which they literally have the same subject line every month they send an email out, that type of thing, whereas what you should be doing, constantly testing, you know, setting a benchmark, trying to beat it, all that type of stuff. Hey, Will, I'll tell you a secret. I think I bought one of that bloke's flashlights. <laughs> I got sucked into his click funnel. <laughs> it was about, it was about $70. I know you. They're actually really expensive. And he bought them. Yeah, it was at fifty, seventy dollars, something like that. And I think he was buying them for like five bucks. Oh, Will, please don't tell me that. Uh, and and, and I, I was, I got completely sucked in because his marketing was very good. It was a Facebook ad. Not only that, once I decided to buy it, there was like, oh, before you. Before you go, you know, do you want one of his upselling and cross-selling was was absolutely genius. Uh, I think I ended up with four lithium batteries, a, a travel case, uh, <laughs> and the funny yeah, thing is, is, I haven't even used it yet. <laughs> he is the master at upselling, um, cross-selling, downselling, <laughs> all of that. Like, um, uh, one, he follows another guy um, called Russell Brunson who created ClickFunnels, mm -hmm. and Mum bought a free book off of him. Um, that cost her $480. That's not a free the, book? <laughs> the, the upsells and everything cost her like $480 uh, on this free book. Well, um, digressing, so interesting, you've, you've got a mentor, that's fantastic. You went, I mean, the fact that you are investing in yourself, I mean, I know that last week you mm. were in the States and you did the ClickFunnels program and, I mean, that's really impressive. Um, with with respect to your e-commerce, you've got an e-commerce website now, so you're not just doing pop-up stores, but you're, you're selling online over at um, willbefun.com. I love the, the personal branding with your name. I've got a son called Will and it opens it up. It's great when you've got a, it's great when your first name is actually a verb. <laughs> it's good. Um, it's amazing. With respect, your website, would it be fair to say, I mean, what I love about it, it's very basic. Mm. Yeah, and, and and I think it's got so much upside. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, we haven't actually. Well, we the, the beauty and annoying thing about it is that um, we've got so uh, we we're so busy at the moment. Like even traveling to America and creating these um, funnels to make this ridiculous amount of money, that we actually haven't had time to um, lead traffic to that website yet. So not many people have actually seen it, I don't think. So it's probably, would I be fair to say, what, 10% of your income? Um, not yet. Um, not even? Pop-up shops are, but not the website at the moment. Pop-up pop shots are the majority of your income? Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. love it. I think I did $100,000 turnover in the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, um, where, where do you want to be? It's a tough question. Don't like, I sort of don't like this question. I'm almost going to retract it. But where do you want to be in five years' time at the ripe old age of 20? Uh, I, I, I'm honestly not sure anything could change, internet yeah. could change. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought I thought that might be the answer. I mean, boy, mate, at 15, I didn't know where I was going to be next week, much less when I was 20. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess if I had to answer... Maybe, because I've always been big in property, maybe in five, because I've got a three-year goal. Um, so when I'm 18, I want to have like um, 10 houses under my belt, uh, 10 investment properties under my belt. Come on, mate, step um, it up, step and, it up. <laughs> and other things like that. Um, and so I guess what it could be is maybe making, I, ideally, maybe making $2 million a month profit, Um hundred or so houses, uh, investment properties um, all around the world. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Good on you, buddy. Well, you know, uh, I, I 
I wish you nothing but massive success with that. I watched only last night a documentary. Do you know the actor Jim Carrey from uh, uh, Dumb and Dumber? Sadly. What's that? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. I was watching a documentary on him and uh, when he was a broke comedian in Canada, where he was from, one day he decided to uh, write a cheque to himself for $10 million that he obviously couldn't cash, but it was for acting services rendered, $10 million. And he made a promise to himself that within uh, the coming three years that that cheque would actually, he would receive that from someone else and be able to cash it, and he did. He did it in like two and a half years or less. And so, mm. uh, mate, uh, keep the dream alive, buddy. Um, I speak to a lot of business owners. Um, the ones that come on the show are generally successful and generally have uh, the enthusiasm, maybe not as much as you because they're a little bit older and maybe a little bit more jaded, but generally are excited by their business and the success that it brings. But... I also speak to a lot of business owners who are tired and and are no longer excited. And may that never happen to you, buddy. And um, if there is some way to capture and remind yourself on an ongoing basis of what you're achieving now and how you you are feeling now, then I think that would be a great thing because um, I think the world needs more wills. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good name. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, buddy. Hey, listen, um, how can people find you, Willie? Um, they can either go to iwillimport.com um, and contact my mum because I don't have social media, or at least I don't check it. Um, they can follow me on Facebook, um, just Will Deeth, although I haven't checked in a while. <laughs> um, or they can uh, go to our website, uh, www.willbefun.com as well. Love it, mate. Um, yeah. uh, well, thank you for being the youngest person ever to be on the Small Business Big Marketing Show and congratulations for not being sucked in to the world of social media. That's another big tick. Thanks, Will. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me. There you go, team. Will Deeth of Will Be Fun. (laughs) Great story, eh? I get the feeling we might be hearing a little bit more of young William as the years go by, as long as he doesn't burn out, which I don't think he will. You never know, do you? But he's got a lot of big dreams and a lot of aspirations, and I like that in a young man. Coming up, I'm going to share my top three attention grabbers from that fireside chat with Will. Plus, I'll help a listener her name is Leela, get noticed in an industry dominated by one big brand. Cheap, quick, great. I used to work with a designer who'd force me to choose two of those three options whenever I wanted something designed. As a small business owner with limited funds, it drove me nuts that I could never have all three. That's why I love Design Crowd. You see, Design Crowd is a website that helps startups, small businesses, and marketers outsource custom design from logos and business cards to websites and landing pages. In fact, Design Crowd gives you access to over 550,000 designers from Sydney to San Francisco, ready to help you with awesome creative ideas. Here's how it works you post a brief describing your design need. Within hours, you'll receive your first design, and over the next three to 10 days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100 different designs from designers around the world. You then pick your favourite, make any changes, and pay the designer. You know, whether you're an entrepreneur looking to set up your brand or an established business that needs marketing collateral designed, Design Crowd is your answer. For a special $100 VIP listener offer, go to designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo or enter the discount code Timbo when posting a project. See, now you can have cheap, quick, and great design thanks to Design Crowd. Cash flow in business is everything, right? That's why I'm excited to introduce you to Prosper, Australia's number one online lender to Aussie small businesses. But don't take my word for it. Small business owner Nioli Scobie of Truly Tea won the contract to supply the Opera House and needed to quickly ship tens of thousands of tea bags and two tonnes of loose leaf tea. 
Where was she going to get the money for that? Okay, well, I already supplied, you know, part of the opera house and then they offered me, um, you know, inside the opera house, which is a very big deal, and I had to have a lot of stock on hand. You can't say no to the opera house when they... They place an order, they want it the next day, and those are the terms of trade, and I wasn't going to say no to them. I'd knocked back too many opportunities in the past, so I phoned up a a finance guy I trusted. He said, look, there's a new player on the market, Prosper, give them a call. I gave them a call, and within 24 hours, I had the money in the bank. (laughs) Prosper, P-R-O-S-P-A. That's where she got the money. Apply online in 10 minutes to borrow up to $250,000. Call 1300-882-867 or visit prosper.com forward slash Timbo. All right, my top three attention grabbers from that chat with Will Deeth. Thanks to Prosper and design crowd. Attention grabber number one. Introduce the young people around you to the entrepreneurial mindset. In fact, I would get them to listen to this interview and head over to Booktopia, great online bookstore, and send them a book like Side Hustle or The $100 Startup. I think the more young people, given we don't teach business in high school, the more young people that kind of understand the entrepreneurial mindset, the better this country is going to be. I'll now get off my soapbox. Attention grabber number two, hang out with like-minded people. I love the fact that Will is actually making effort with his mum to go overseas, do the ClickFunnel course, be part of mastermind groups with people that are doing bigger and better things than he is because they're going to drag him up. Love that. Hang out with like-minded people. And attention grabber number three, find a business buddy to compete with and hold each other accountable. I love the fact that there's this competition between Will and his siblings. And I think if you can find someone who can hold you accountable, who you can compete with, then you're going to have a better business and more fun as a result. They're the three things that grabbed my attention from that chat with Will. What grabbed yours? Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 396. Let me know. So I get a lot of emails from listeners, which I love, asking me marketing questions, and this one is from Leela. She says, hey, Timbo. Hey, Leela. I've always loved your shows, and I was pleasantly surprised to find that you finally did an episode that's based on an industry that I'm in, pharmacy, with an exclamation mark. My question, Timbo, is, also being a supporter in small business, how should the other independent small pharmacies play in the world that Jack Gantz of Chemist Warehouse and his family have obviously succeeded in? Is there still a chance for us small fries? Thanks, Timbo. Would really appreciate your response as I'm still trying to figure out how to make a dent in this world. Cheers, Leela. Well, Lila, yes, there is absolutely a chance for you small fry pharmacies and small fry businesses in any industry that are being attacked by the big guys. So first of all, have the positive mindset that this is possible, right? Sit in that space, get comfortable with it. Then I would implement an amazing customer experience. You've heard me talk about this before. I won't go into any detail, but what is that experience from the moment a customer walks into your pharmacy to the moment they walk out? Is it unreal? Is it shareable? Is it memorable? Within that, create amazing customer service. In fact, to that point, I'm going to go as far as to say, as the pharmacist, get out from behind the counter. You're no longer mixing potions. That's not what pharmacies pharmacists do. Get out on the floor, speak to your customers all the time. Advise them what they should buy. Direct them in the right direction. Give them advice. Do as much of that as you can and provide amazing, amazing customer service. Another idea would be to do product demonstrations. I know there's a lot of compliance around the different products that you guys sell. 
But having, you know, like supermarkets do, when you go into a supermarket and you see someone demonstrating a product, I sometimes think we can learn from the big guys, maybe tap some of your key suppliers on the shoulder and see if they'll do product demonstrations, say, on a Saturday morning from 9 till 10 and make that something that you guys do on a regular basis. Finally, become integral to your local community, okay? Be the pharmacist in your local area that people refer to, talk about and share on social media. Leela, thank you for your question. Don't lose faith and absolutely there is still a chance for the small fries. You and I cover some serious marketing ground in this show. Thanks for joining me each week. I do appreciate it. Have you listened to the chat we had with Jacqueline James? She sells a plastic knife called the Kitty's Food Cutter. And I've got to tell you, she is a genius product demonstrator. Firstly is your position in any market. I work tirelessly behind the scenes with the market organiser. I don't just turn up and go where they tell me to go. So it's crucial that you're on a corner spot for flow of traffic being a demonstrator because you can't call people and yell at them if the aisles are too wide. They have to be passing and you need to interact with them. What do you mean call? Like, hey, you, come over here. Have you seen the kiddies food cutter? Have your children, do they cut their food safely on the dinner table? Love it. So you need to interact. You know, Jacqueline's husband is one of those guys you see on all those TV infomercials, those like 30-minute 30 30 ads, and he's taught her everything he knows when it comes to product demonstration. And there is absolute product demonstration gold in that chat, which you'll find over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or you can subscribe free on your favourite podcast catcher. Hey, I'd love to hear from you. Hit the contact button over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com where you can email me, send me a marketing question, connect with me on social media and grab a signed copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect. Check out Design Crowd, the world's number one custom design marketplace where with access to 550,000 designers, you will absolutely, guaranteed, get the perfect design every time. If you don't, they give you your money back and they're also giving you 100 bucks off your brief if you use the link designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo. And be sure to check out Prosper, P-R-O-S-P-A, if you need some short-term coin because they're Australia's number one online lender to small businesses. You can quickly apply online for loans up to $250,000, get a fast decision, in most cases receive the funding in under 24 hours. Visit prosper.com forward slash Timbo or call them on 1300-882-867. Tell them Timbo sent you. Hey, if you love the Small Business Big Marketing Show, then let another business owner know about it by grabbing their phone, opening up the podcast app, subscribing to the show, handing it back, saying you're welcome, and move on to the next one. Until next week, I am Timbo Reid. Always have been, always will be. Thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now. 